introduce Gaylord and and uh, just tee him up before he launches in here oh boy I would be honored <laughs> because this is truly a papa in the faith you know we don't actually call him pastor anymore we call him papa Gaylord <laughs> and uh he has been carrying a message a significant message that is really the 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 founding stones for for this restoration and reformation in the ecclesia um has an amazing book out uh, i think he's actually in the second ed, uh, second edition of it already called the love revolution and uh gaylord has um really recognized that the church was missing the only new commandment that Yeshua gave to us that we should love one another. And uh, this really set him on a path and a journey to uh, begin to lay the groundwork to bring this message forward into the church and even to challenge the church that it really needs to be part of the church creed. And of course, over these last well, 10 years, Gaylord, you've been really uh, traveling all over the place, um, discipling other new leaders into this message. And um, beloved, those of you who are not yet familiar with Papa Gaylord, you are in for a treat tonight. I'm going to hand it over to you, Gaylord. Thank you, uh, Grant. It is a delight to be with you and Jonathan with, and with friends around the world. Um, just so grateful for uh, this opportunity to pray together. And for these 10 days leading up to Pentecost, such a significant uh, season for us as we um, once again commemorate and uh, welcome the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and what that has done for us. So I'm uh, I'm gonna be sharing for a few minutes here today. Uh, I wanna talk about the two great commandments of the law of Moses and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're just gonna touch on the first part briefly because we're all uh, very familiar with it. We know the Bible is made of two parts, uh, the Old Testament or Old Covenant and the New Testament, the New Covenant. And uh, we recognize the Old Testament is known as Moses or the law or the law of Moses, the law and the prophets, the Psalms, the Torah, the Hebrew Bible, number of names that it's known by. And uh, there are two great commandments in the law of Moses, even though we know there are 10 commandments that were given on Mount Sinai and some would say 613 commandments. Jesus summarized this when he was asked a question. Uh, recorded in Matthew and in Mark, uh, Matthew 22 says, a teacher, an expert in the law of Moses, uh, said to, to Jesus, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And that was a big question. And Jesus replied very clearly out of the, the uh, Torah, and he gave the Shema, from Deuteronomy chapter six, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. 
And the second is like us from Leviticus 19, 18, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says this, all the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. So it's very clear to us as followers of Yeshua HaMashiach, it's very clear to us what the great commandments of the law are, because Jesus clearly summarized them uh, as he is uh, taught them. Now, we do know, though, that there have been things which have now uh, happened since. And Luke chapter 16 would say this, the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John the Baptist. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached. So what we have then is Jesus saying, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms, because he is clearly spoken of there. So having just outlined quickly, uh, reminded us of the great commandments of the law of Moses, uh, here's the question. If the great commandments of the old covenant, the law and prophets, were to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbors yourself, what are the great commandments of the new covenant? And to do this, we need to look back uh, some 600 years before Jesus was born to Jeremiah, the prophet, uh, one of the significant prophets in uh, in Holy Scripture. And in Jeremiah 31, 31, God speaks very clearly through him and gives some astonishing uh, information. He says this, the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. So what we're seeing is he refers back, God refers back to the covenant he made at Mount Sinai, but now announces the coming of a new covenant. Uh, and it and he says it's going to be different. It will not be like the covenant. So we see something which is um, uh, going to be different. And again, now, just let me remind you again out of Luke, the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John the Baptist and the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached. Uh, the, the promised Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, uh, had come and he came to show the Father to those that would listen. And so interesting, some 600 years of scriptural silence concerning the promised new covenant but Jesus broke that silence at Passover. We've just celebrated Passover. Uh, and we, we see the last supper that he had with his disciples. The night before he was crucified, Jesus breaks the silence. And we hear the word spoken again, new covenant. And here's what it says. In the same way after supper, Jesus took the cup. He's already taken the bread and broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. And then after supper, he takes the cup and he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Oh, my goodness. These are the words that uh, Israel 
had been waiting for for hundreds of years. So we recognize the new covenant uh, that Jesus gave us, and it gave it in his blood. We know he went to the cross. He paid the price for sin. John had said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we know he broke the power of death on the third day through his resurrection. And now we are waiting for this enactment, this full enactment of this new covenant and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, which will come on the historic uh, 50th day, the day of Pentecost. But Jesus, that night that he gave the new covenant, also gave a new commandment to go with the new covenant. And this is something that I and much of us in church history have missed. The new covenant came with a new commandment given by our Lord on the same night. And it's found in John 13, uh, verse 34 and 35, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So the new covenant and the new commandment given the same night had been owned that same night when Jesus said a a little bit later in the evening, this is my commandment, love each other as I have loved you. So it's very clear that he not only gave us the new covenant and new commandment to go with it, he owns it as my commandment. New covenant and new commandment, I believe, were to be inextricably joined together for the last 2,000 years. Tragically, for almost 18 years, it's been separated in our Christian history. None of our historic creeds or confessions of faith uh, uh, speak of this, uh, but the Lord is restoring it in this revival And in this unity, which he is bringing John 17, as he is making the one new man, he is restoring this to his people. The covenant that he made with uh, Israel, and he's invited us as Gentiles to come into that covenant. And we are guests, and we are so grateful for that. Uh, We welcome that. Now, it would be after that historic day of Pentecost, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that the gospel would be ready to be proclaimed in all nations, starting in Jerusalem. So the question, what are the two great commandments of the gospel of Jesus Christ? I ask that question in some way, while I'm not an expert in really anything, uh, I'm just a simple servant, but I like um, the expert in the law, said to Jesus, Lord, what are the great commandments of the new covenant? And I found the answer to that in 1 John chapter 3, verse 23. And here's what it says. And this is his command, speaking here of God the Father's command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Now, what we see here is that the first part of this is God the Father's command, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. 
And the second part of it is that we love one another as he, now speaking of Jesus Christ, God's son commanded us. This is an expression of the Trinity. And he will go on to say, we know this by the spirit that he has given to us. So we clearly see that God, who has been expressed in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in this passage now speaks as the Father and says, my son, this is my command. Believe in the name of my son, Jesus Christ. Now, the reason we know he's there are but the father and the son are both speaking commandment is because he uses the word command entole two times in the verse. That would not be necessary if it was just God, the father's commandment, but because it's both his and his son, Jesus commandment, the word has to be used twice uh, in the original language. So here we see what I believe are those great commandments in the new covenant Faith, to believe in Jesus Christ, and love, to love one another as he has loved us. Now, Jesus spoke to us of the Father's command. And he said this to us uh, just before uh, the, the night recorded in John chapter 13 through 17. It's in actually in John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50. Jesus said, the Father who sent me commanded me to say, uh, all that I have spoken. And I know that his command, that is the God, the Father's command, leads to eternal life. This is so important in understanding what God is doing in our day in this new covenant. You remember that the, that, uh, the crowds had come to Jesus, the religious people of that day had come. And in John chapter six, they had said to him, what must we do to do the work God requires? And Jesus answered very succinctly, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. That's where it all starts in this new covenant. It's the first great commandment of the new covenant to love, to uh, believe in him. And then Jesus has given us his new commandment, and that is to love each other as I have loved you. Now, it's interesting, the Apostle Paul combines these two over and over as he writes his letters. It would be easy to miss this if we had not seen the Father's command to believe in his Son and the Son's command that we love one another. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, to the church in Colossae, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we heard of your Faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. There they are joined together. The two great commandments of the new covenant. When Paul writes to the Ephesians, look at what he says again. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Oh, it's clear that Paul saw these two great commands. He writes to his friend Philemon, and he says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, for all the saints. So this is very clear. When when Paul um, uh, sent Timothy to see how the church in Thessalonica was doing, he writes his first letter. 
to them. And he says, now, Timothy has just now come back from me to you. And he brought good news about your faith and your love. He clarifies what he means by that when he writes a few months later, the second letter to them. Here's what he says. Second Thessalonians 1, 3. We always ought to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. This is the normal Christian life. And it's the two great commandments of the new covenant in operation. A growing faith and an increasing love for one another. This is what Jesus has desired. So it really, I I have to ask this question. Is there a difference between living under the great commandments of the law of the old covenant or living under the great commandments of the new covenant, the gospel. And I would say there, there really is a difference. The, the focus on the old covenant was our finite ability to love God and to love our neighbor. And we see that just represented here. But when we 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 see it, um, the old covenant based on our finite ability to love God and love our neighbor. The new covenant, however, is based on God's infinite ability to love us and to empower us to love one another. And that's the significant difference between the two. There's a shift that takes place when Jesus is announced and when the good news of the gospel begins to be proclaimed. There's a shift that takes place. It shifts from the primary focus of my love for God to his infinite ability to love us. And it's not a change in God, but it is a change in emphasis, which we see uh, reflected in Scripture. God's love for us. The New Testament has many verses that clearly uh, outline this for us. And so it's so much a part of who this, what this new covenant uh, is for us. We're all familiar with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. One of the verses that's in this list is 1 John 4.10. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. This begins to be the thing that that really outlines what the good news is about. It's God who has loved us so much. That's why Pentecost was such a historic moment, and we come to celebrate that in a matter of days. Romans 5, 5. God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he's given to us. This is so central to who we are. And it actually looks like this. The difference is his ability. It's called grace, God's infinite ability to love us and empowers us to love one another, to love our neighbors, and to love even our enemies which Jesus taught us. It takes a supernatural love to do that. And thankfully, that love is ours by the Holy Spirit. Just going back to 1 John 4.10 for a moment, 
and want to add a verse to it. Remember, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Now, this does not mean we don't love God anymore. I think we love him even more because obedience to God, uh, love for God has always been expressed in obedience. So, so it's not that we've stopped loving God, but the, no, the new high watermark is God's love for us. But that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Look at the next words. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Isn't that powerful? I mean, it's like, Lord, thank you for this amazing things uh, that you've given us. So back to 1 John 3.23, I believe these are the great commandments of the new covenant. The Father's command that we believe in his Son, and Jesus said, I know that his command leads to eternal life, and the Son's command that we love one another. And I believe that command is what allows us to experience and express the unity for which Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. Now I could uh, just take a a brief look back through church history. Um, Martin Luther, when he saw this verse in uh, 1 John 3, 23, here's what he said as he was preaching the 14th day after Trinity. Luther says this, behold, This is the Christian life. And in brief, it does not need much doctrine or many books. It is wholly contained in faith and love. Thus also says St. Paul, Galatians 6, 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. John Calvin, the last commentary that he wrote, uh, my personal preference is he had written it first, but he wrote it last, very late in his life. But when he came to 1 John 3, 23, here's what he said. If it be our purpose to obey his commandments, let us see what he commands. He does not separate faith from love, but requires both together from us. This is a remarkable passage, for he defines briefly as well as lucidly in what the whole perfection of a holy life consists. That's his take on 1 John 3.23. John Wesley, one final one here. As he writes, he says, and this is his commandment. All his commands in one word that we, uh, that we should be uh, um, in faith and love in the manner and degree which he has taught. This is the greatest and most important command that ever issued from the throne of glory. If we neglect this, no other can be kept. If this be observed, all others are easy. That's interesting. Who was it? Moody who said, faith makes it possible. Love makes it easy. (laughs) So um, this is uh, the great commandments uh, of the law of Moses and and most uh, most specifically of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, uh, Grant, for your ministry uh, in the One New Man and bringing us together. And thank you, Jonathan, for you calling us to prayer um, uh, in recognition of the 
the prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17. Thank you, dear, dear friends. God bless all of you around the world who may be listening.